Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mark and Sarah, call it a comeback. Mark and Sarah, been here for years. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. We've come back to do another episode of our show, and we're so glad that you've come back to listen. Yes, hello, welcome to the Do Call It a Comeback season of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. We are now going to find out the last group of songs that will join our Sweet 16 in the next round. Ooh, I know, I'm on tenterhooks as well. I'm your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and I am joined by someone who never has to come back because she never leaves my heart. That's Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Hello. If I did have to come back, would I take the Old Town Road? I guess we'll find Ooh. out which ordinary yes. world we're living in. Oh. oh, I'm a sucker for your jokes. <laughs> More than a touch of gray over here. Uh, would you like to refresh the listeners in case there's anyone new about how the point system works in this, the final round of 32? Yes. Yeah, so this is the last episode in which we will be doing what we've been calling an up-down vote, meaning... For all 16 of these songs, Sarah and I are all going to choose the eight songs that we think should move to the next round. Those songs that get the up vote from us will get two points, and songs that get a down vote get zero points. We've also asked our Patreon patrons to vote on the issue, and the eight songs that they gave the most votes to collectively will also get two points meaning there is a grand total of six points available for any song. And at the end of the episode, the eight songs with the highest number of points will move on to next week's Sweet 16 round when we will start implementing an older system to rank things, or newer system, depending on your perspective. Uh, We will talk more about that next time. And Sarah, which songs are in contention today for those at home who might not be keeping track of this on their notepads ipads or skin oh boy uh the second half of the alphabet uh once again avenges itself upon us starting with maria by blondie and then moving on to old town road by lil nas x featuring billy ray cyrus mr cyrus is the comeback artist here one by the bees g ordinary world by duran duran Pour Some Sugar on Me, a.k.a. the unofficial anthem of this podcast for some reason by Def Leppard, <laughs> Soldier of Love by Donny Osmond, Sowing the Seeds of Love by Tears for Fears, Sucker by the Brothers Jonas, Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley, Touch of Grey by The Grateful Dead, Upside Down by Diana Ross, Walk This Way by Run DMC and Aerosmith, Aerosmith is the comeback artist, What Have I Done to Deserve This by the Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield. Ms. Springfield was the comeback artist. White and Nerdy by Weird Al Yankovic and You Got It by Roy Orbison. And, sorry, (laughs) premature shut up and there, (laughs) because there was a page break. Your Wildest Dreams by the Moody Blues. I think that's 16. I hope it is. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it's sweet enough to be 16. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet that I forgot one, almost. Okay, uh, I don't <laughs> oh, have well. a clip for stuff in the early going, so let's get right into it with Maria by Blondie. I believe that I did not pass this through. I didn't. 
in the previous round. And uh, once again, I have uh, I have not <laughs> passed it through to the Sweet 16. It was the um, last. It was ranked last in this section for me. Uh, but I'm interested to hear what became of it for others. Did you decide that Blondie should keep going to the Sweet 16? I will confirm first that you, in fact, did not pass it through last time because I have a whole spreadsheet in front of me about this whole season. Um, The patrons got awfully close to passing Maria through this time. It was their ninth biggest point getter. But guess what? As previously discussed, ninth don't count for shit. So (laughs) that's zero points from them. It's like kissing your dead sister. Wait, no. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And at the end of the day, I felt... I felt that the round of 32 was the right place for this song myself. Uh, It just wasn't as big a hit in the United States. So if it had been perhaps a number one single in America, like it was in England, I would have been more inclined to move it ahead, but it wasn't. Uh, Instead, I do think it did all the things we talked about last time, which is it reestablished Blondie as being able of making good songs. It allowed them to sound current in the 90s when it seemed like maybe they wouldn't ever have a hit again you were not wrong when you noted that the vocal is doing debbie harry no favors here Mm. and uh really at the end of the day the song just hasn't had the song just has not had any cultural staying power so i didn't pass it through either that is a goose egg unfortunately for blondie well not unfortunately it made it to this made it this far so yeah, sure. not going not going further, but we we honor and respect you, Ms. Deborah Harry, and your band. Indeed. And uh, we'll see how much respect there is still pertaining for um, old D- the boot scooter himself, Billy Ray Cyrus, with a serious assist from Lil Nas X. And there is a couple of three songs like this in the countdown where a current hip hop artist really kind of. Um, pulled someone who didn't really belong on the scrap heap, but was there anyway, off the scrap heap and like just freshened up their whole deal. Um, And I thought that for that reason, but for a bunch of other reasons, like I think this is a classic example of what we're talking about. Uh, And it's also a huge song that is done well and in which the two different styles and um, eras are not fighting with each other. Um, so I passed this through when it was towards the top for me. You? So the patrons do not agree with you, but I do. <laughs> That's how um, it goes sometimes. This one, yes, but I I think that this song really does epitomize the whole purpose of this project. And just, it wasn't like it was just a minor hit that Billy Ray Cyrus came back on. It was mm. a world conquering phenomenon of a hit. Yes, and sure was. And also, it's not like Billy Ray Cyrus is buried in the mix the way that Madonna is in Popular, a song that we talked about mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. Billy Ray Cyrus is a fundamental part of what makes this song work. And I think it, it would have been a hit without him, but because it has him, I think it is uh, it reached the level that it did. So this was the kind of song that made us all look around and be like, damn, Billy Ray Cyrus, pretty cool. Pretty cool, dude. Yeah, um, and that and also he, Lil he, Nas X pretty cool and pretty like creative and sort of creatively yeah. generous and is thinking in a way that we might not have thought ourselves for us, which is what you want pop music to do sometimes. So 
Good on everybody. Totally. He, and he's really proven throughout the next few years of his career that this was not a one-off burst of creativity. He's a really interesting artist. Little Nas X, I mean. And um, Billy Ray Cyrus hasn't exactly lit up the charts again, but he, because of this song, was able to elevate into a type of elder statesman role that I don't know he would possess mm-hmm. if he had just if he had just become known in his late career for that show where he played like a Christian doctor or something. I don't know what that show really was, but oh, it existed. Right. <laughs> Some Hallmark Channel thing where they're, it's supposed to be 1890s, but everybody's wearing like <laughs> Gap clothing. And you're like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> and th- they'll really? say things like, they'll be... They'll be riding across the the prairie in a covered wagon, but they'll say, I'll circle back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because I'm wearing a hoop about skirt. That later. No, really. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's four points for Old Town Road, which gives it a, a good fighting chance to make it to the Sweet 16, as obviously both you and I hope it does. Um, but we do have a clip yeah. for our next entry, which is one by the Bee Gees. Uh, Sarah, do you want to say anything or shall we go right into the tune? Um, one might be uh, the number of votes this received. It might be the number of minutes of patience everyone has with this. What is admittedly fairly clergy track. I did cut ah. a clip because I do have a feeling that this is um, their one last stand in this competition this time around but let's hear a clip and then we can talk more about it i can feel you by my side when you're not Whilst pulling a clip, um, was forced to confront, uh, you know, the song. Okay, enough jokes. Like, I actually like the song. I don't love it. If someone were like, you can never listen to this song again, I would not erupt into um, wails of protest. (laughs) But I like (laughs) the song. Some of that may be nostalgia and the fact that this came out when I was in high school and it was part of like a whole kind of palette at this time of comebacks that if you had been told five years prior, oh, this will be a big hit for such and so, you would have been like, fuck out of here. So part of it is that. Part of it is that um, it, it, you know, it's just appealing in that 80s way that's like appealing without being sort of objectively good. And some of this is colored by my having watch the video and like oh my god robin with his little hat and the like (laughs) blue sunglasses and his absolutely massive blazer that has its own congressman and he's just like bopping around like a complete geek and it's kind of awesome like it's adorable they're so happy that anyone gives a shit and they get to make a video it's charming to me spiritually but it's not a very good song. 
I think this is a like generational issue. And I also have to say that I don't think this is substantively different from other stuff that the Bee Gees did in the seventies. Like they put kind of a, um, they put a, like a, you know, like they rinsed it in Casio. So it was a little bit different, <laughs> but it wasn't really like a quantum leap forward like some of the artists that we've been talking about. And it wasn't a massive like sustaining hit. I think this one is definitely one, as it were, that you're like, oh, and this like I thought of it first, but I, you know, do this podcast. So I'm not sure that anyone else would associate it as strongly. All this by way of saying it ranked fairly high for me. I put it through, but I think it is, you know, going to be left at the curb and in the rear view. What say you? I appreciate your uh, reasoning and your analysis. And uh, you are correct. You are the only person who voted for it. However, I do want to say I am glad that at least made it through to another round, if only because the double barreled fuck you that they're that the BGs were able to give to the disco sucks people by having another top 10 hit is so satisfying. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. And it's all over. Uh, so Barry's yes, face. in this video, I recommend it. Hey, and like you said, this is not the greatest BG song, but it is very pleasing to me to listen to as well, because turns out Barry Gibb can write a motherfucking hit song. Like mm-hmm. if it's still basic, basic level Barry Gibb is still better than most things. It's true. Um, I am so curious to see where you landed on uh, Duran Duran's Ordinary World, which is next on our list. It is. Shall we hear a clip first while I attempt to organize my thoughts? Oh, Yes. I would love to be bathed in the spa soundtrack sounds. I know that you mentioned earlier, Sarah, that Pour Some Sugar on Me is kind of becoming a theme song, but I think we might actually owe 20% of our royalties to Duran Duran at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm completely comfortable with that <laughs> with that uh, split. Yeah. Fine with me. Uh, because uh, we they have done so well in so many of our tournaments. We've talked about them in so many ways and so many times, but it turns out I'm still ready to keep talking about them. For me, this was definitely an easy pass through to the Sweet 16 because, as we've said, so many of the criteria that we've landed on in this season seem to be met by this song. The band comes back from a period of relative obscurity. The band comes back with a song that pushes its sound forward and makes it feel relevant in the 90s uh, in a way by, by updating its sound. The band is able to then turn this into another hit later with Come Undone. 
the band goes on to get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which surely was helped by the fact that it was able to sustain over multiple decades. Also, it's a great song that I think is enjoyable to this day. I had the wedding album, which was the street name for this self-titled album on cassette and then later on cd which was a big deal if you were alive in that period to do the upgrade mm-hmm. oh, like the rebuy yeah the, the rebuy, rebuy is no joke the rebuy <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> there it is 20 percent to you duran duran so it was two points for me and it was two points from the patron so sarah the the power is yours. Is this a straight six? It isn't because I mean, <gasps> you got to put songs Gasp. somewhere. And this one, yep. I felt like this was just not quite, I don't know. I mean, I like the song. I do um, listening to it again, feel like there is a certain um, hotel television proprietary channel advertising the exercise equipment (laughs) quality to this song um and uh there is a place for that and if i am correct i hope that you know carnival cruises has used has used it well but i just i felt like because for me Duran Duran never exactly went anywhere and that my, even though my timeline often with their various comebacks has been not correct, just that sort of uh, figurative sense of they're not having gone anywhere or not gone there for long enough, in my opinion, was just like, it just didn't Mm. quite get there. It's a good song. I'm not going to be outraged that it moves on. If it moves on, but it's just not, I just didn't vote for it this time. Couldn't quite justify it. So, listen, I feel you and I understand. Um, Now, I don't know how you're going to feel about Pour Some Sugar on Me, but I will just say up front to me, as discussed previously, this song does not quite match the brief. I mean, it does to an extent, to a round of 32 extent, but because it was just a, a hit single from their next album and there were no flop albums in between, the song doesn't just rise to the level of a Sweet 16 comeback for me, uh, despite the fact that we do honor the drummer for coming back from a disfiguring accident. So I did not pass it through. It's a it's zero for me, but I'm wondering how you feel. This is where it was very close, but I didn't end up passing this one through either because I did feel like the drummer story, um, once you sort of took me through your thought process the last time we talked about the song... I really did have to concede that it's not so much a comeback as a um, return to the room after pausing um, to work through the after effects of this accident. And that that story is sort of the main qualification wasn't enough for me this time. It was number nine in the section for me, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And we will talk a little later about a song that probably is there in pour some sugar on me's place (laughs) wrongly but i don't care i have to vote my heart sometimes that's right yeah they agreed with us so that's zero points for Def leopard and pour some sugar on me but they get to celebrate having one of the best hair metal songs of all time so i guess they'll be okay yeah it's true and um look Am I mad that we don't have to hear pour some sugar on me for the 78,000th time? 
on Mastas? No, I'm not that <laughs> mad about it. It's a good song, but that'll do. Um, I think our next song is going to be our first six of this episode, Soldier of Love. What do you think? I'm going to say, for it for sure. yes, it is. Yeah, Donnie. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Like, did not even have to think about it. It was my number one it, in the section. It just brings me such joy. The song brings me joy. The story of the comeback brings me joy. The fact that Donny Osmond is involved in two songs in this episode brings me joy. Like, just, yes. All of it, yes. I know. That story really was quite something. And uh, it counts. It's absolutely what we're doing here this season. So, yeah, super excited that everybody agrees. Well, and it also just goes to show that logic and rules take you so far. Uh, but then you have to follow your heart. Because I, in other cases, have thought, well... Did the song lead to other hits? Yes, therefore I'll vote it through. No, it didn't lead to other hits. Mm, that's a point against it. Well, this didn't lead to any more major hits for Donny Osmond. There was a song called Sacred Emotion that reached the top 20 right after this. But I don't care. Like, this... Oh. Yeah, it wasn't very good. But this song, it is such a great comeback. And you can still, to this day, feel good about it. And that, I think, is actually a really important element of a comeback. Just like with Billy Ray Cyrus. You want to feel like there's an element of joy in being in watching someone climb back up the mountain. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally agree. Well, like, for instance, Chris Brown had a lot of comeback hits, but I wasn't happy about that. No. He needed to stay gone, that one, in my opinion, but it's just my opinion. Um, so that is a straight six for Soldier of Love, which means there's no question that Donny Osmond will make it through to the next round, and I'm so happy. Oh, me too. That's fantastic news. Uh, I don't think the news is going to be so good. I think <laughs> we're sowing seeds of um, Discord. no thanks <laughs> for our next song, which is from Tears for Fears, and we do have a clip Let's have a listen. I don't think I had remembered how very Natalie Merchant at Thanksgiving these lyrics were, <laughs> and they are. And yet, at the same time, and also there's parts of this arrangement, like we didn't really hear it here, but that like um, vocoder sewing the scenes that's in a lot of the song later on is not great. But at the same time, this vocal from Roland is lights out. Like, I really love these harmonies and stuff. Um, but the song, I don't know. Like, it's not, it doesn't quite work as well as some in the timeline. It is sophomoric lyrically, and it had to go somewhere. And where it is going is, for me, not to the Sweet 16. <laughs> no points for me. What about you? I feel like... The, it's the conundrum with Tears for Fears is that they make catchy songs, but they're so 
unbearably pretentious about everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You one time gave me a book on new wave bands. I don't know if you remember this. Uh-huh. The chapter about sewing about Tears for Fears made them seem like the most punchable band in 80s history. Oh my god. Y- yes. Their hair is very punchable in this video that is like, we grew it out because we're hippies now. Look, a sunflower. Like, fuck off. Yeah. The lenses in all my glasses are violent now. (laughs) I'm tiresomely groovy. (laughs) Do it somewhere else, bro. Tiresomely groovy is the is the tagline for the least popular Ben and Jerry's flavor. I yeah, I stole that from myself talking about Bono and his blue glasses back in the nineties. His tiresomely groovy blue spectacles. Um, you were correct then, and you're correct now. And now that I'm thinking through it, I think the most tiresomely groovy Ben and Jerry's flavor would be called sowing the seeds of crunch. Mm, yeah. And they would be tiny, like, organically harvested, roasted pumpkin seeds in the vanilla ice cream. Or, like, actual sunflower seeds, and it's like, no one asked for this. And then you can plant (laughs) them when you're done, like, no, no. Like, is this ranch dressing? (laughs) What are we doing here, Ben and or Jerry? Oh, uh, we'll have a chance to talk about Cherry Garcia later in this episode. So we'll sure put a will. pin in that, I suppose. Um, so yes, that's a that's a goose egg across the board for a song that I don't hate, but that I like less the more I think about it. So I should probably stop thinking about it. <laughs> I I like your attitude. This will make <laughs> me this will make me sad. Next case. Um, <laughs> well, if you're ready to move on to the next case. It is Sucker by the Joe Bros. Mm. I passed it through. I I mean, like, I could I justify it timeline-wise? I'm sure I could. Was it a massive hit that was everywhere? D- yeah. Like, there are intellectual reasons for this to go through. But based on my list, like, realistically, it was, like, right around that cutoff point, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't care. I think this is a great song. It came on yesterday while I was, like, at the post office, and I just started dancing. No one else can hear the song. I did not care. It's that good. (laughs) Um, And then I played it, like, three times in a row because, again, it's that good. I don't know what everyone else did, and I don't think anyone else is wrong no matter what they did, but I passed it through. Mark, Patreons, do you have my back, or am I a cheese? No, it's a perfect recreation of the Old Town Road scenario, where the patrons did not pass the song through, but I did, because I agree with you. This song is so good. How could you ever be mad when this song is on it? It's going to elevate your mood by at least 9%. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is a great example of a comeback because they hadn't recorded any music as a group in quite a few years. They had never had a hit as big as this when they were recording as the Jonas Brothers earlier. This was their only number one song. And in a way, it was a comeback for songwriter Ryan Tedder as well. So to me, both on the emotional and the intellectual axes, this one is a winner. It was no problem for me. Actually, I would say this is probably four or five in this group for me. So yes... 
to the Joe Bros from me and from you. So a fighting chance for them as well, I'm pleased to say. Okay, fantastic. Uh, We didn't have a clip of that, but we do have a clip from the king of rock and roll. I really am not totally sure. I don't like totally remember. I did look at the poll just to like get the full list and but I tried to avert my eyes from numbers mostly. <laughs> right. Um also I drink brown liquor and uh don't get enough sleep. So things just fall out of my head all the time and what is going to become of this song is one of them, but let's hear a clip from Mr. Elvis Presley of Suspicious Minds. Too much, baby Why can't you see What you're doing to me When you don't believe a word I say Oh, Sarah, why was it? Why did I have so much gnashing of teeth around this song? He asks existentially <laughs> to the sky. Um, I, there are so many reasons not to vote for this song and so many reasons to vote for this song. In the not column, it wasn't even the first of his comeback hits in the ghetto actually peaked at number three, just a few weeks prior. Mm. Uh, Elvis, as we've discussed on many occasions, never once left the cultural conversation. He was in shitty movies with Anne Margaret for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I found myself passing it through because it does symbolize the notion of the comeback because it was pe- featured in that comeback special and it was his comeback to live performance. And it's also just a great song that has really hung on in the culture. Uh, there's a terrible remake by fine young cannibals, which I don't oh, recommend you listen to, but brutal, but it exists. Um, so, and even though it has the fake fade out and then return, which I was denigrating only to remember that it's in this song, uh, I ultimately had to say yes. And so I did pass it through. I suspect because I did check back just now at your voting history from a few episodes ago, you did not, but we'll see, but the patrons did too. So that's four points for Elvis at this moment. This was a pass for me. Um, and it was not close, but I think that contemplating Elvis who sometimes seems to exist outside of analysis in some ways because he is this American secular saint um, of sorts about whom it's difficult to speak. Uh, It's like the historical Jesus that you're like, well, but why are we talking about this? Who cares? But this recording, I think epitomizes everything that, um, strikes me as kind of a shame about Elvis's entire like works and days that mm. this vocal is both extremely professional and some lazy bullshit. Um, he's barely trying. You can tell. And if you've read anything and you know anything about his life and his consumption of substances, like it's a miracle that this was possible, but like, Later Elvis and the way that he, A, would rely on bathos, I guess, to um, do his interpretation mm. for him, but B, 
got away with it a lot of the time because he was, he did have such a wonderful instrument and he did have this um, instinct for interpreting lyrics. And even when there's just a bunch of like saccharine garbage going on in the rest of the song, Arali, his ability and his uh, genius is still audible even when he's not operating at maximum effort, which he almost never is. So listening to this song and other Elvis songs like it, I mean, I think that it's good that we didn't contemplate in the ghetto because that was like a different proportion of effort and belief that did not work out for him long term. Suspicious Minds has the longer tail as a song. Mm -hmm. Um, In the ghetto is just, you know, like it's three minutes of cringing. And then you lose consciousness for the last bit of the song. Um, But this, I just don't think that for someone like Elvis, who, like I said, is a secular saint and has like literal stations of a cross of his in Memphis, Tennessee. I don't think that you can say that this was a comeback. I hear what you're saying about the comeback special. I don't think it's wrong to vote for it. I was fascinated by everything that listening to this like brought up for me in terms of analyzing a piece of pop music, but I don't think it's a comeback because he's like the weather. He didn't go anywhere. You know, I have to say you're actually right. And I put this in eighth because, because of the reasons I explained, but I I think you're right. And damn, uh, can we reverse time and have me (laughs) not anyway, whatever I, agreed with the patrons in this moment who was ninth for you though it was ninth uh i mean really probably the next song but we'll get to that in five seconds uh but yeah at the end of the day you're right but i still voted for how i voted and i guess i have to stand by that but yes uh, it's it's right on that bubble it's right on that bubble let's let's see how many fours we have yeah, i think that's fair yeah let's see how many fours we have and then if um elvis needs to leave the building <laughs> go back to the jungle room and think about what he did he yes knows. well sarah i do believe we have a clip of the next song if i'm not mistaken we absolutely do it's the grateful dead's touch of gray which as discussed is more of a just got here than a comeback but uh let's hear a clip probably didn't need that much of the song (laughs) but i just got to thinking while i was clipping it about the like mathematical pleasures of a grateful dead song and how i think there's probably some algebra some like lsd algebra happening there and uh certain chord changes that are very very grateful dead um very typical of them with all of that said i think it's what i said before the clip you know it's 
they've never had a hit that big or even a hit, period. They were a jam band. This was their like entree into the world of MTV and having to treat with the record companies, which they tried to avoid doing. And um, I just don't think, like, I find it a pleasing song. I don't think it's quite as much of a comeback as it is a arrival, um, belatedly, uh, into the mainstream of the culture. And I just couldn't put it through. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I couldn't either. And actually, my ninth place song is not this. I've this this really isn't a comeback for all of the reasons that you just said. And I do want to note that one of our Patreon patrons, Jessica, in a comment on the poll, wrote, "Also, they are not. Um, also, are they not Americans? And can they not spell gray correctly? I am not a crackpot because they do spell it touch of gray, G R E Y, and I thought that was funny." <laughs> Um, that's how I spell it, but I have worked with Canadians a very long time. <laughs> Fair. You live, you're in the center, C-E-N-T-R-E, of the debate then. <laughs> we. Uh, so th- it's, it's zero points across the board from, for the Grateful Dead. Uh, we shan't be seeing them and neither shall we be eating another pint of Cherry Garcia at this time. All right. I am interested to see what becomes of us with, uh, Upside Down. By Diana Ross. We do have a clip because it's just a fun song to have in your life. Here's a clip and we can discuss. Upside down. Boy, you turn me inside out. And round and round. Upside down. Boy, you turn me inside out. And round and round. of this song is so delightful uh this is not about the song but i didn't pass it through because i didn't think it was that much of a comeback i didn't feel like she'd gone anywhere i felt like she'd had solo hits recently enough that this didn't qualify but man this song is put together so professionally it's almost sorcery i love it but i didn't give it any points mark Respectfully, I say to thee that I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) And so do the patrons. So that's no points for Diana. But yes, the song is so dope. The song is so dope. And also, this is the same period when she released I'm Coming Out, another classic of the period. Diana Ross, man, she really had a lot of good songs. There's a shocking and revelatory insight, I know. She really did, and uh, we honor her, but not with points or a place in the sweet sixteen. No. Now, I will say, Sarah, that I am absolutely honoring Walk This Way with two points because the change of trajectory that Aerosmith experienced after this song brought them back to the forefront of the public's mind cannot be understated. They had massive hits for the next, like, 15 years thanks to this song, and they became a band that is now an all-timer of a band instead of a band that had a one or two hits in the 70s. So to me, they are absolutely what we're talking about here. They're way up near the top for me, an easy two points. Yep, same here. Uh, 
plus they absolutely fit into that um, subgenre slot of uh, hip hop de scrap heaping a um, previous generation's um, useless seeming dinosaur. <laughs> uh, but this one really did it. Like this one, Aerosmith absolutely boomeranged out of this collab, uh, as you said, and went on to a sort of second life as a massive arena rock band. So um, I think that that absolutely qualifies it. And I suspect that the listeners agreed, did they? Listeners, listeners, they're not bugging because they also gave this song two points. Oh, hey, buddy. <laughs> uh, so that is another straight six. Now, I just want to take a moment and and savor the fact that as as of this point, our two straight sixes are Donny Osmond and Run DMC with Aerosmith. <laughs> I mean, somewhere this was foretold. <laughs> I'm not sure where. Somewhere it was foretold. Now, I'm not sure what we will foretell about what have I done to deserve this, the collaboration among the Pet Shop Boys and Ms. Dusty Springfields. But I do have a clip I apologize for the length. It's a little bit long, but I realized re-listening to this song that there are movements mm. in it. And the Pet Shop Boys, like, it's it's never as simple as it looks, except also it is. Like it sometimes it's pleasurable and that's enough. But then also sometimes there's like master's level like arranging happening. Anyway, let's hear a clip and then we can see what everybody decided to do. Mm-hmm. I just don't like Dusty Springfield's singing voice. Or for everybody else. I just think it's the least successful aspect of this. And But the thing is, this was talked about at the time as a huge comeback for her. Mm-hmm. It was a really interesting blending of these two artists and their whole vibes. I like the song better than I remember liking it, but I like her parts... The least, because I'm just not sure her timbre goes with this like fairly acidic narrative that the that um, Neil is talking about. I think that's Neil um, is talking about in the in that section. I just, I mean, I think the build of this song is really quite extraordinary. And if you're watching the video, you understand how like fully felt and imagined the story is of this song. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely qualifies, so I passed it through. But I do, I'm not sure I like the song. I just like many other things that I have voted for in previous rounds. It's like, you know, ho- hold nose, hand over two points. <laughs> 
But this is just me. I, I realize I'm way out on a skinny limb with that Springfield shit. So anyway, my my probably least favorite pop music Springfield. Whoa. Buffalo, Rick, Rick. like them both better. <laughs> I am a crackpot. Mark, what'd you do? Well, I will say first that the patrons agree with you. They gave it two points. This is probably my ninth place song in this episode. It was right on the cusp for me, mm. but it right. didn't It didn't um, benefit the song that it came immediately after Walk This Way in the playlist I created because, <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, hell yeah, walk this back, come back, kings. And then you listen to this and I'm like, well... I don't really have any memories of this song being popular. I mean, granted, I was only like 10 years old in when this song was out, but it didn't really break through for me at the time. So it was a song I discovered later. And I don't know, just meh, I, I just couldn't quite work myself up mm. to vote for it. I also think it's my least. No, that would be opportunities. Let's make lots of money. But it's one of my least favorite top 10 hits in America by the Pet Shop Boys, because I love Westing Girls. I love It's a Sin. I love their cover of Always On My Mind, but I've never really loved this song. So, uh, you know what? The Pet Shop Boys have done quite well by us in the past, including on this very season. So with great respect, I say no thank you. However, that is now a four-pointer for for the Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield. So we'll see how it goes. We're in a land of fours again on this episode. Yeah. The forest. Oh! Uh, We'll... Will White and Nerdy be another one? Because I was wondering what you were going to do. We don't have a clip, but I was wondering what you were going to do because last time we talked about it, you um, vocally regretted not passing it through and were quite relieved that the patrons and I had hooked you up. Um, I declined to repeat this process this time because Weird Al is, for me, somebody who was always around. Um and I'd like, I get it that technically this counts, but I couldn't justify it. So Patreons, you, what happened? Well, the patrons and I both put it through. Um, I corrected my errors of the last time that we talked <laughs> I about thought it. So because I thought you, I might. mean, weird Al, yes, always is just kind of around and is beloved and will always be so, but this song reaching the top 10, it had that joy factor, that rooting factor that I look for at this point in the competition. And it's his first ever top 10 song. He hadn't really had a serious breakthrough hit of this magnitude since maybe Smells Like Nirvana, which was like 15 years prior. Uh, you know, you can make your arguments about some of his other tunes, but as far as I'm concerned, that's true. So to me, it's just a feel good example of how a comeback can be such a joy to experience. And as previously mentioned, Donny Osmond is in the music video. So, you know, bonus that then that's even if that's your only reason for voting, I accept that <laughs> because Donny goddamn Osmond is in the music video. <laughs> and just bugging the fuck out with absolute commitment. And I respect that hustle always and forever. So, yes, that's a uh, four points then for white and nerdy. But I suspect, and I might be wrong, but I suspect that we're about to have a straight six for Roy Orbison's You Got It. Uh, I voted it through, as did the patrons. To me, it's just a really great example of what we're talking about. As we've said on multiple occasions, the fact that he died before the song could be a hit is rather immaterial because it just brought back 
the it just brought back to the fore that Roy Orbison is a pop music legend. And uh, there have been a couple of people who listen to the show who have commented in various platforms that they cannot believe that he was only in his mid fifties when he died because he just seemed so aged in so many ways. Yeah. Um, but I would say that this song, inky black hair dye folks, not, not your no, friend. Don't do it. Jens. It, Don't it do just it. makes you look old. Like no matter what you think, yeah, it's, adds 10 years. Uh, even yeah. if you think it's going to do the opposite, that's not what's going to happen. But anyway, the song mm-hmm. itself is rather ageless. Uh, Bonnie Raitt recorded it a few years later for you, uh, for boys on the side, as we know to me, Easy thumbs up on Roy and the patrons agreed. Uh, look, when your comeback is accomplished from through the goddamn veil, <laughs> let me just step back onto the mortal coil to explain to you a few things in my unique falsetto. Uh, yeah, easy wave through. So that is a six for Hair Orbison. Well, there we go, Roy. Um, now we've got the wonderful brunch time conversation of Donnie Osmond, Roy Orbison, and Run DMC with Aerosmith. I would have brunch with this group of people. Yes. Oh, my God. You could absolutely have sold tickets to that episode of Dinner for Five. Before we wrap it up, though, it's time to see what happened in your and my wildest dreams. We do have a clip uh, I would encourage people who don't despise the song for how 80s it is, which you might because it's very 80s and trying extremely hard in that regard. The video is also trying extremely hard with 17 shillings of budget. <laughs> and you should just give it a look if you have to mute it still. Like, this is how we fucking lived. <laughs> In the 80s, <laughs> that everyone had to have a video. Not everybody got enough money. Some people were pointed at a couch and told to get the change and spend it on costumes. That happened in the Moody Blues, and it's a shame. <laughs> Here is a clip from your wildest dreams. There is some unacceptable tootling herein. (laughs) But listening to it again, like it has been stuck in my head since I pulled clips. And that was like two days ago that I prepped this episode clips wise. So like there is a very sort of like welcoming, let's put on a show, fuck it, energy to this song. But even though sometimes the execution is um, unconscionably 1984 um like it is what it is i i find the song very appealing but also baffling (laughs) in the fact that it's appealing um and the weird thing is like i think i didn't vote for it the last time No, you did or i think it was like borderline oh did i okay i do think that this is in that um 
late 60s, early 70s group comes back in the 80s and, you know, like sometimes dead is bad early. <laughs> but I, I still voted for this. It was borderline. It was my number eight in the section, but I did pass this through because I just feel like, I don't know, like there's just something about these bands, like realizing that the video camera is pointed <laughs> at them and just being like, oh, this is not how we did it when I was drugged up enough to not care. Okay, <laughs> like let's go to black and white and do some story about a sock hop. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on in that video, but it got two points for me. God knows what everybody else did. I'm guessing I'm the two. No, you're not. What? The only song in this entire episode that got two points was the BG song. Well, unless the song oh. got zero points. Um, yeah, you are not the cheese. In fact, in a compl- in an exact replica of what happened the last time this song showed up, it gets two points from you and two points from the patrons and no points from me. <laughs> now, I actually do like this Fair. song, and I can't deny that the it has been getting stuck in my head, too. And when I get to this song on the playlist as I prep for the episodes... I'm never mad. I'm always like, hey, buddy. And I am in my wildest dreams. Like, yes, I do feel like crystal light should be getting poured while I'm listening to this song. That's fine. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not mad at it. So that leaves us with an interesting collection of choices to make, Sarah, because we do have God. four points for uh, we. So we have three songs that have. Six points. So obviously, Soldier of Love, Walk This Way, and You Got It. We'll make it through to the Sweet 16. But we have right. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs that have four points. So we got to boot two. All right. I think that... All right. What are what are some ones that the patrons didn't vote for? Don't say sucker, because it's fucking staying in. Yeah, the patrons didn't vote for Old Town Road. But I think that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's the only other one, in fact. So I feel like we should keep Old Town Road and Sucker, frankly. <laughs> okay. Um, what are some that I didn't vote for that everyone else did? <laughs> Suspicious Minds? I would say that Suspicious Minds, as as previously discussed, that one can go. I'm content to let that one go. Because you, okay. you convinced me with your argument that you were correct. Okay. So I'm going to make the argument that the other one that should go is your wildest dreams because I just don't know that the song is distinct enough and has done enough to linger in the culture or did enough for the moody blues to really be worthy of the top 16 in this vast tournament. Okay. I'm comfortable with that. All right. Great. (laughs) And that way you lose one that you voted for and I lose one that I voted for. And, uh, I think that gives us a pretty solid mix of songs that make it through, Unless, okay, here, here's the other, let me, but let me just read to you the other fours. Ordinary World, Sucker, as previously, as previously discussed, is safe. Um, Suspicious Minds is for Cutting, What Have I Done to Deserve This, White and Nerdy, and Your Wildest Dreams. So is there another one of those songs that you would feel more comfortable booting? Uh, Ordinary World, but... I also was the lone one who didn't vote for that. So get rid of your wildest dreams. Like take the W and run. Yeah. Done. Okay. Great. Then we shall do it. And that means that our, 
Our final batch of songs in this uh, in this episode are as follows: Old Town Road, Ordinary World, Soldier of Love, Sucker, Walk This Way, What Have I Done to Deserve This, White and Nerdy, and You Got It. Wow, not a bad okay, mix, really. Well- yeah, I I think this is correct. Like sometimes I look at what happened and I'm like, well, I at least no one's happy. <laughs> like at least everyone fucked this into a cocktail. Just kidding. I don't usually feel that way or hardly ever. But this one really does look like, it, yeah. I mean, I think also a fascinating aspect of this season is that we're all on different pages of this story. Yes. But it's netting out. Usually that nets out is like, okay, well, if everyone agrees that this is fine, then I guess it's the best one. But this is, this is different. Like this is netting out. I think the correct ones as we continue in the process, but coming from very different directions and that's cool as hell and fun as hell. And Hey, listeners, thanks this is why we love doing this podcast. We have no fucking idea what's going to happen, um, but we're usually pretty sure that we like it. Yeah. And uh, I, I agree with you that it's been so interesting to just see what do we mean when we say comeback? It, it just that, that you, like you said, none of us are, we're not all using the same criteria all the time, but it does seem ultimately to be getting us to the right place. Shall I, list out the songs that will be in our sweet 16 in the next episode. Yes, indeed. Why not? Okay. We've had some easy outs in these earlier rounds, even up to this point, but I would say that the Mm -hmm. next round is going to be really difficult because these songs have now survived quite a lot. So here we go. Mm -hmm. Our sweet 16 includes believe can't get you out of my head. Give me one reason. Got my mind set on you. I found someone. I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. Kokomo. Living in America. Old Town Road. Ordinary World. Soldier of Love. Sucker. Walk This Way. What Have I Done to Deserve This? White and Nerdy. And You Got It. This is a hilarious catastrophe. I hate and love it. Well done, everyone. (laughs) Um, I look forward to figuring all this mess out uh, with you very soon, Sarah, and with you as well, patrons. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hey, listen, if you're a listener, but you're not on our Patreon page yet, we urge you to walk this way and uh, join us because we have a Discord. We have a lot of fun discussions. We play trivia and music league games on it. And you get to vote on all these crazy things that we're always thinking about. Um, And upcoming seasons will have equally bizarre propositions on which you can vote. We'd love to have you join us. The community is cool and smart you should come on through. So hopefully we'll see you um, in our extraordinary world known as Mastas. Talk to you next time. Mark, 
Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Sarah D. Bunting and Mark Blankenship. That's me. And edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. This podcast is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. And if you want to talk about songs, suggest a season theme, get a pop chart reading or customized playlist, or have a cocktail with us and your fellow listeners, then come on by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash where you'll find polls, happy hours, and tons of extra episodes and content. We're also at Talk Songs on Twitter, at Mastass Everywhere on Instagram, and Mastass.podcast on Facebook. Or just email us, talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. All that contact info will be in our show notes. Scroll down. Hope we'll be talking about songs with you soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.